All right, everyone. Welcome to this week's of Training Gain podcast. I'm John Kioskarigi, is one half of this awesome show. I'm John DePaulo. How are you guys doing? Welcome to our show. And I say awesome because I love doing this with my my good friend here, John. It's been a pleasure so far just to be able to talk with you on like on length like this because we've done it so much on the phone. And I felt like why not put it on a medium where people can be uh, benefiting from it, or maybe I don't know. Maybe you guys don't like what content we have and like or dislike. I think uh, I think that's it'll be great for us to know as well. Add a thought too. Yeah, please. So today we're going to talk about a topic that I feel is important when it comes to getting in the right mindset for anything relating to fitness or health in general. But at the same time, is we always dive into the mind quite a lot, and sometimes the mind can be affected by outside forces, and I call those the naysayers. They've been coined so many times before by so many people, obviously Arnold, a lot of the greats have said this as well, but it really plays a big impact in your life. And it played a big impact in my life as well, because I feel who is someone else to tell you how you are supposed to be, how you are supposed to act, how you are supposed to look like, how you're supposed to feel in the gym, outside the gym in life. Absolutely. And I don't like it when people try to command that power over you. And use it to their own benefit in order to make themselves have more power. So I want to talk a little bit about this and how each one of us has felt in these circumstances relating to just life or, or fitness in general. Sure. Um, how do you feel when, because it's happened to you before, right? Where in life you've had people that have told you that, oh, you're too big. Oh, you're, you've oh. taken steroids. Oh, you look, you look a certain way. Oh, why are you eating so much? Oh, why are you having another meal again? I get those are the people that don't understand it, but it's just the way people have portrayed that upon you that make <clears throat> you feel a certain way. And it does affect us, right? Let's break that down. How many guys have said to me, oh, you're getting too big? <clears throat> well, the last guy that told me that, he got even bigger. Number two, the next guy. Oh, you must be juicing, man. Hey, man, the orange juice with the steroid juice, right? That next guy I heard is asking a friend of mine for chemicals. Where can you buy him? Contradict. These people contradict. They're not important. Not as a person. We need people for this sport because people are energy. But that kind of mentality, I don't even dignify it with an answer. I see it's straight immaturity. But yeah, that exists. I've gotten lots of that. Yo, so how much do you bench? And if I'll say 315, they'll try and say, oh, you just do 415. Like everything becomes, like we said last time, a dick measuring contest. But I don't pay any mind to it because I already know you're not going to get much from that. Yeah, and I feel- I dismiss, it, I dismiss it in humility. No problem. Has it ever affected you to the point where you have, you went home thinking about it at any point in your life? I used to go home thinking about, was I too hard on somebody for what they said? Wow. Yeah. That's such a difference from what you would expect from. It's a contradiction because I yeah. say it doesn't really bother me, right? But sometimes think people have a threshold where well, I heard it at one point vastly. Mm. And I just got probably one person mm. meet you on the wrong day and they say the typical thing and everything falls on one person's lap. And I would laugh too, like walking away, but I would question, was I too harsh on them? I'm not normally like that. Yeah, I can understand that coming from a lot of different perspectives. I mean, even for myself, I had gotten that where it's, oh, 
you're not going to be able to lift that weight today. Oh, you're too short for this. Oh, you, you know, so many different types of things. And yeah, you know, sometimes it would affect me. I would go home and think about it and dwell on it. And my, especially in the teenage years when you're so fresh and you're absorbing everything like a sponge and you're trying to find out who you are and, and those kinds of things can be really impactful for you. But at the same time is by understanding that it's someone else's ego and by understanding that it's someone else trying to put you down in a way, mm -hmm. it, is, it is the magnification of putting you down oh, so and bringing you down that you can't allow that to suppress what you already are knowing that you're capable of. You have a certain desire about yourself. You already know that you want to go somewhere. You want to you wanna move places, but you're being hindered now by people saying, oh, you're not good enough, or you can't do this, or you can't do that. And it stops a lot of people from pursuing their goals. It's happened to me. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that in my life, and I can't really honestly say that. Anyone has sent me home, sent me home a certain way, but it never really bothered me. But I will say this much. It's strange that people you love the hardest and the most can say something that can get into your mind or cause that reaction because they live somewhere there in your heart where they the only ones that could get upstairs. My mother. <laughs> She's such a loving woman. I love her from my heart. But I remember one time she goes to me, man, whatever happened to you? She says, Ma, what do you mean? She goes to me, you used to look like you were from Biafra. I says, what do you mean? It's a starving place in Africa. Mm. She goes, and now you look like the forgotten prisoner. You're so thin. And I was, you got, you got so big. I says, you used to always call me Indiana Bones, the forgotten prisoner, right? And not in a bad way, but the way my brain converted that is I, I got some work to do, right? Like I took it constructively. <clears throat> so that might have played into my life, but not getting in my head like, son of a bitch, why did he say this? Why did he say that? But I remember that was a good, was a solid perpetuator. Well, it, I even would take it even further because listening to that, it happens so much in, in the entertainment business. Does it? And being involved in that in the entertainment business, and you know, obviously, it's something I have a passion for, and I am an actor, and it's it all works out great. But there's so much impactful things that happen in that world too, where I feel body image, whether you're old, too old, or too young to do something, whether you look a certain way. I get it's part of marketing and branding. That's that's all good and fine. You're looking for a, a specific thing, but also I take it as, you know, why do people have to say, oh, guess what? You have to maintain this waistline in order to be a part of this modeling agency, or you have to, you know, you you uh, look a certain way, but you know what? I don't really like the way this person looks. They're not going to tell you to your face. And then they just say, you, okay, you're gone from this place. I, I don't understand that aspect of it. I don't understand yeah. that, that self pressure. Yeah. It, it puts a self pressure on the other person. Yeah. But, uh, but also I just don't understand what society has become when they're putting body image and, you know, perception upon you in order to do, or you're qualified to do a job. It makes no sense to me. I trained a woman one time. She was a model in the city. I used to work on Park Avenue at one point, and she was a model, tall girl, very pretty, so very nice. She would tell me they used to put restrictions on her as well. She had to weigh a certain weight. I think she was about six foot one, and she had to be about 130 pounds or 128. And she would say it had an adverse reaction on her, where it made her so nervous 
And she didn't operate well on the pressure that she would go overboard and heavier and just not care. So I'd say to them, why are you here? Why are you training? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's for well-being. But she stopped being doing modeling because she would fold under that kind of pressure. Listen, you got to be 150 before you step on stage. Right. Competitors thrive on that and they, they make sure that they make that weight. And that I understand that kind of a qualification because now you're going into a weight bracket. Yes. Right? Same thing for a boxer. Yes. That has to go into weight class. You'll get killed if you gotta, go into another weight class. They got all the time, but right, they got to make weight. A lot of them blow up to the day after that. And if you if you had a clock in at one sixty eight, some people go up to about two hundred pounds. You know, the it's a best, different human in the ring that day. That's what I'm saying too. Even <laughs> being involved in contests, the best piece of advice I ever got was from my uh, first trainer, was Tony Pendolfo. I talked about him a little bit. I remember, I remember, but he was part of that golden age era. And he he won master's class, you know, age 65. I mean, he, wow. he looked amazing. But, you know, I had gotten so fixated on making abandoned weight weight that he said, John, I would urge. And I did make the weight regardless, but it was more of he said, you know, John, what you got to do is don't worry about the weight. You look at what you look at and you get and you weigh on that scale what you're going to weigh on that scale right. because it's not going to change. Yeah, a little bit more muscle. But when you're teetering that border of. 143 and a quarter and over under that it's not going to make too much of a difference unless you're coming in at the top of that class got it don't put that pressure on yourself yeah you're still going to look in the best shape of your life that's right you're still going to be out there hitting the same poses that you want to hit but it took away a lot of that pressure for me by saying that i had to i had to be a certain way in order to make yeah. a certain weight class because i feel like that happens so much with people that are wrestlers and they get so fixated on having to do stuff resorting to throwing up or yeah this kind of thing and it just makes it so it makes it so much worse it damages the individual leading on towards his, the rest of his life just for it just does. for a sport mentally it does it's kind of like saying throw the scale out the window and we'll go by how the pants fit you so to speak yeah you know? and i had a lot of clients in the past that would tell me john i can't break 115 i'm like why do you want to break 115 do you look like you're ready to like a float your spirit already like why do you want to get so thin Oh, you know, I don't know what to do. Like they would actually get emotionally, mentally hung up on a, a friggin' scale. I would tell them, listen, look in the mirror what's staring back at you. That's you, exactly right. Do you dislike that? Some of them couldn't even reply. That's how stuck between a rock and a hard place they were. I'm like, wow, this is an indecisive one, huh? And some of them were like, you know, you're right, you're right. But they were so hung up over the power of a scale. A little scale, I'll take a, con a construction boom, boom, I'll smash it. Who cares about that? It's how, how do you feel? You feel heavy? All right, go on a scale, I would say, to be inquisitive, curious. What do I weigh anyway? Just to know. Not to compare to date. You're going to war with a scale. Go, go to a war with yourself. That's something that I f I'm so adamant about with, with certain things. I, even with women, when, you, when you're with a good woman, it, at the same time is, why would, you, why would someone in their right mind say, honey, you need to lose some weight today? What, what gives them the right to say that because of, I was gonna, I was gonna use f bomb again, but because of a, of a scale, because of you know, look at what you look like in the mirror, and do you like what you see? Do you have a certain goal for yourself? That's fine. Where is it my right to tell you that you should look a certain way, well, and feel a certain way? Right. No, you're right. Correct. Because it, it, it happens, it happens in our sport, and it happens a lot in fitness, and I feel like it draws people away, and a lot of the naysayers will prey on that stuff. You know, where they'll they'll prey on that stuff for you. You want to hear something interesting? I lose respect for people who did that too. It could be even men or women. Yeah. We'll use a woman in this example. So I see a person who was with someone for a long time out of nowhere. 
you got to lose some weight. Go to the gym. And they fall out of love with that person. I question if they were ever in love with that person from the get-go. And it also makes me question my friendship towards them. If you're cut, if you're cut throat on your wife, you'll do it to the next person. What makes me different? I don't have respect for their morals when they do that. I mean, you do what you do. It's your life. But the things that you do define who you are as a person. So I distance myself from people like that. Because they do exist. They do exist. And I've done the same for myself. And it's because that it was it was bringing and inviting in these different types of energies that Horrible. I didn't want. Yeah, it's, I didn't want it in my life. But at the same time is I don't feel like it's anyone's right to tell anyone what to do in that sense, in that context of you should and need to look a certain way. You shouldn't need to eat certain things. <clears throat> Pressure. Yeah, just do it for yourself. And a lot of these naysayers prey on that. And it can dissuade you now from going to a gym it can dissuade you now from having a streak of three weeks that you're you've done positive things and then maybe someone in your life is like oh wow you're you're going there way too much maybe yeah. you should hold it back a little bit well why true you know that annoys me i got a question yeah i consider myself relatively smart too what the hell is a naysayer or what how, how do people commonly describe that it sounds like a person in me is what society also deems as a hater what is a naysayer exactly? Yeah, the term has evolved in so many ways now. The way I describe it is if someone says you're a naysayer, I would say that it is someone that is looking at you and putting their projections of how they feel that you should be in order to make it more rewarding for themselves. Got it. And in, in, in part of that, it puts you down in mm. order to make the other person feel as if they have strength or power over you. Wow. And I feel like nobody should have power over you. You're in command of your own. And if Amen. you- if you fight towards something like that, everything else will fall into place for you because now you have a solid bedrock of who you are and you want to evolve. Whereas the people that are the naysayers, are, I, I, I like to see them as unevolved because they have not ever taken a chance on either themselves or maybe they hadn't had someone that has told them that before. Regardless of that, I can detect it very quickly Yeah, it's because I've seen it so much, especially going up in Brooklyn. There's a lot of that going on as well. Not so much as now because a lot of it gets gentrified, which I think is a good thing too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of that substance still resonating in a lot of different neighborhoods and a lot of different places. Maybe you grew up in a, in a worse neighborhood um, and you have a lot more to deal with aside from that, including your family in there. Who knows? But I wow. would just say that it's someone that is portraying that upon you to where you feel like crap and you don't want to pursue now what you want to pursue in vain of what they just told you that you looked that crap with. So is it safe to say that a guy like, is it safe to say that a guy like you going to the gym, being as fit as you are and as athletic as you are, lots of these people will be hoarding around you, possibly to steal some energy from you or possibly to throw you off your mental state of focus or maybe to, to find something to figure you out. Yeah, I could say that too. I mean, I could look like, I don't know. I, I can look like I weighed 400 pounds and feel comfortable with myself because I've made a choice. Right. That was my choice. Right. It shouldn't be someone else's choice. It's going to be unhealthy for you. I don't urge that because it's going to be unsafe and unhealthy as you progress in age. And what I'm promoting too is longevity. You know, when you, when I'm 60, I hope to God that I'm able to still be fit. I'm going to continue on my path, but I don't know what tomorrow brings. I mean, going back to that question though, very good. Does it make me feel that way? I don't know if it makes me feel that way. I feel that 
when I'm in there because of the perception of how I may look to someone else, yeah, you get stereotypes and labels and then you get people that maybe don't like the way you look or the way you Resent. portray yourself. Resent you. I don't really give a shit because I, I know who I am and I know what I'm in there to do. Mm -hmm. But I feel like as you're mitigating this, it can be, it can affect you when you least expect it. You go home and you go to sleep and you start to think about these things <laughs> and they dwell on you. For me, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it goes in one ear and out the other and I dismiss it entirely because I find it really comical now because my mind is very strong and I've developed that over the course of time. So true. But yeah, did it happen to me before? Sure, sure it did. And as I went to the gym, I became more confident and then I started to win shows and you became more confident that way. But I was just happy doing what I loved and nobody was going to take that away from me. So if someone was trying to do that in the beginning stages of me competing, it still wouldn't affect me in that sense because I already knew where I was headed and I didn't need someone else to rectify that. Yeah, you become so mentally strong that you learn how to convert a succulabus into energy. Yeah. Positive energy. And that's, that's a good point too, is making and converting this naysayer into something of a positive for you. Maybe it could be something of a positive reinforcement. Listen, most of them are exactly what gives me a platform. So do I, do I really blame them? Right. I've got to have thick skin. I mean, at one point I didn't when you're younger. But being in this industry, you get thick skin quick. Some of it you even invoke upon yourself. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of plays into that. But yeah, you do have to have a thick skin in order to you know, be involved in different businesses. Like I love entertainment business. I love movies. I love fitness. This is why we talk about this kind of stuff. It's it's part of who I am. I will, I will continue to do it until I can't anymore physically or mentally, right? But it's something that I, I love. And it's just, we're just talking about being aware of all these things that that you may detect and could happen. You may, I don't know, I may go into an audition one day and then the person may not like me. Do I take it personal? Of course not. It's, business, it's a business That's situation. Right. But- I would take it personal if they come up to me afterwards and say, yeah, I didn't pick you because, you know, you looked a little bit, uh, you looked like you needed to lose a couple of pounds there and uh, we didn't think that that'd make that happen for you. Or, you know, your, your, your eyes uh, looked a certain way and uh, we just honestly didn't feel like you looked that way. They wouldn't come up to you and say that. Right. But people that aren't in that medium would. Bodybuilding happens quite a lot. They got less to lose, less to look stupid. It, Way it, less. it wasn't their original thought. That's why. Right. So they don't That's really, the difference between clarifying it. Business, understood, personal. Why would you want to do that? Got it. And that's what the naysayer comes into. And yeah. that differentiating that sometimes people take things a little bit too personally. It's, it is what it is in this business. But I feel it's the same as if you were backstage where now maybe you might have in this era a difference where camaraderie is definitely there but you may have people that are now competing you already knew what you signed up for you went into this beast knowing that you're probably gonna have a lot of people around you that are gonna try to either psych you out or not like the way you look it's well, just how it is well look as good as you were possibly better too yeah and i i have fun with that i feel like it's part of the reason why i compete uh, going back there and feeling that and making jokes back and forth it's really funny. It's really fun because you can't change anything from that point on. You've already done the work. You're not going to just snap your fingers and something's going to happen. I just don't like it when someone tries to intentionally do it to make themselves feel like they have more power or feel like they are better than you when they have no right to do that and make you feel that way.
I want to go home. Or you can just say what um Get out what, of here. <laughs> what uh Rocky slash second Rocky was taken to the zoo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, rock. Yeah, remember what I said. What'd you say? Take it to the zoo. I should have broke your thumb. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. I have these lines stick in my head. I used to forget all my school grades, but I remember all my lines. You know, maybe it's ingrained in you. Maybe that's something. Should that have you been need an actor. Maybe who knows? Honestly, um, but yeah, just touching up on this topic, I felt like it was it was important. What do you think you can do to separate yourself from that if it's constantly happening? in the gym that you're in i can't how do you do it i do you do you just assimilate i can't and i don't because i need that for energy like i said without them i'm not important i didn't mean that literally meaning they feed into the the sense of the strength of the importance do you look forward to it sometimes uh it's like a like a little bit of adrenaline rush when i really see they're doing crazy things where they look like a one-man marching band jumping up and down like like a hyena or or when you're not having a a susceptible weight and you know they're doing it deliberately where they're picking up the weight and then slamming it down to where it's going to create cracks in the earth because they want you to know how much they just lifted. That also is quite laughable because it's an ego trip. Oh, deep down my heart goes out to them. You know why? Because I really noticed a disturbance within themselves. It's so severe and so pronounced. I'm sorry to be the one that brought it out the best on you that day. But in a way, I'm not sorry because I made you work harder. And I'm all about people working harder and being better. Each and every way I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because sometimes when this happens, um, I know that you always you always tap me and go, now, John, now you look over there, you see what's happening, don't engage in it. You leave yeah. it alone now. You focus on what you're going to do. You focus on me. I'll take care of that. I'll get rid of that energy for you. I'll have his pharmacy resend his um, Thorazine, make sure it gets to the house properly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is Depakote, whatever the frig it is you tell me oh uh, this is great <laughs> what would you say um for people to gain inspiration from people like naysayers i know for myself i had posted pictures on my wall of people that i admired i remember at first it was i was super skinny and i wanted to gain more muscle after I knew basketball wasn't going to be a profession of mine. I enjoyed it. You loved basketball. Yeah, I, said, loved, right? I loved it. had a passion for it. Played in leagues for a while. And and then afterwards, I said, okay, what, what else can I go for? Because I'm, I'm not going to make this a profession. I wasn't at that level or I didn't want to go at that level. What position did you play? I played point guard. Oh, yeah. Cool. I love distributing cool. the ball. But I have a really good shot and I'm very fast. Outside shot? Two-pointer? Three-pointer. Wow. Always three-pointer. It's like All athletes, Marcus Gugas, you know, how the athletes are now, like Steph Curry. What about LeBron? I'm <laughs> yeah. Imagine. I'd be at that level. That'd be amazing. amazing. He's an amazing player. Still got to go to a basketball game. One Shout out to the Lakers. Um, don't tell my New York peeps that. Shout though. out to Magic Johnson. <laughs> Phenomenal player. So far I go back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I posted pictures on my wall. And at that time when I was transitioning, I remember I had just seen Fight Club. And Yeah, with Brad Pitt. And he looked amazing. And it's an iconic shot of him with his abs. I think he has like an eight pack in that one shrugged to death looks looks fantastic so i would i posted that picture on my wall and then next i said okay if i've got if i can get to this what else can i accomplish and this is where the bodybuilding started to creep in because i started to body build in a way right you wanted to get even more from i wanted to get a little bit more so i said okay what else can i do i didn't think it was going to work starting from push-ups i started to see my body change from putting that picture on my wall because i had a goal and 
even though people were saying, oh, you're skinny and scrawny, it didn't matter to me. I didn't have an ego complex. Driven I just said, okay, well, I don't really care what you think. I want to do this because I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how this, how this change is going to happen to me. I put a picture of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. From, I love watching kickboxers. I, st- I still do. And I was blown away by his physique. And he bodybuilded for a while, aside from martial yeah. arts. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right? Yeah, Van Damme. He had, he had good shape. Oh, he looked amazing. And I mean, he still does look amazing, but not as it was then, I feel. And man, I put that picture on my wall and then I said, wow. And then I started to get into bodybuilding. And then that's when I really opened up the doors. I put Frank Zane with someone yeah. I always admire. And if you guys look at bodybuilding pictures like I've done for shows, Michael a Cromwell. lot of those I really assimilate into my physique and technique of using certain poses and made my own style with it. But Frank Zane was always the guy and of course, pumping iron, looking at Lou Ferrigno, looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger, looking at uh, Franco Franco Colombo. I mean, I got to meet him once before and funny story with him. uh, May may you rest in peace because he was was such a phenomenal icon looking over the years. And I remember I was in LA once and I was doing a photo booth and I, I was taking pictures of you see so many people and you see celebrities and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this one guy comes up and takes a picture and I did a double take and I went, wait a minute, is that Franco Colombo? Yeah. Oh, sure. And so what I did was as he was walking away, I didn't want to go over and bother the guy. Number one, I was working. I didn't want to lose my job. Number two, I didn't want to engage in like talent or anything like that. But I had to find out if it was the same person. And I looked over at him and I, I flexed a bicep pose to him. Oh. I just went like- You picked up I on it? Like, I pointed at him and went like this. And <laughs> he, he looked at me and then he went like one of these bicep poses. You knew it was And then him. he smirked and I went, oh my God, that was, fr- that was Franco. He gave you a signature series. Oh, it was, it was freaking phenomenal because he, he made that connection with me and he knew that it was going back to that golden age that I really appreciated and that I didn't know because, you know, he'd aged a little bit and I grew a little bit older and, <laughs> but man, it was so cool just to be able to see something like that. That was a really, really special moment for me. But these guys were the people that I put on my wall and even though I was getting all these naysayers, man, those, those guys were, were people I looked up to and they had made me into getting into the sport, made me who I am and essentially they were my heroes. Yeah. Must have been more more impressive knowing that you were silently communicating with somebody that you liked. Yeah, almost like you knew him for years, and you had an inside joke. It's hey, sort Franco, <laughs> right? Oh so yeah, he comes up even <laughs> higher. Right? You know, I didn't expect that, and it was it was really cool to to see that silent kind of acknowledgement from that happening. Yeah, super cool. But yeah, I just going back to that. Have you uh, have you ever looked up to anyone throughout the years that made you kind of look at that and get away from people telling you stuff that? you know, was bringing you away from, from what your passions were by trying to put you down. Are you talking young? Yeah, as a young, as a young guy. So have people tried to dissuade me from something? Yeah, have you ever oh. put pictures on your wall or have you ever looked up no, to someone because of no, that? Or No, in fact, I walked into a friend's room one day and I, I thought I walked into a Hall of Fame of bodybuilding. He had so many pictures up. I was like this. I look like a foreigner in, 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 the, in the country of America. What am I looking at? How could I take advantage of this opportunity here? You know, I never saw reason in it. I always thought that if something you got to constantly stare at, you can't quite compute it in your brain. And I got a photographical memory. You do. So when I see something, never leave your bank account in front of me. 
Now, I wouldn't do nothing, but I'm just saying. Do that. So my point is, like, I would say so much. I see, like, an erratic behavior. <laughs> so many things to look at. But even one thing, if I look at something, my brain just kind of, like, downloads it as software. Mm. And I always see it here. So when I go to the gym, I can't take my wall with me. And that's when the visual stops, unless you commit it to memory. So I never saw the thing in that. But you know what? To each his own. If that worked, obviously it worked. Look at you. But I never had nothing or known that I looked up to like that. I did have a friend, you know, when you're younger and because you're like, what do they call that? An age soul when you relate to people older yeah. rather than younger. <clears throat> I, had a, I had a friend when I was Old four, soul. Old 14. Soul. He was about 28. Young, but he looked like an older man. He's big and he was strong. <clears throat> and he, he, he also was a real man. Like he knew how to carry himself. So when you're 14 or 15, it's very natural to say, is this how I carry myself? Is this a group of people I should be associating myself with? Is this what I should be eating? Blah, blah, blah. So I hung out with him because I wanted to walk in his shoes. They were very big shoes to fill. And whenever he would do the seated cable cross, no, I'm sorry, the seated low, the low cable row for your mid-back, yeah. he would rack it and put a plate. And I was fascinated by that. So I trained and trained and trained like him. And he, he was so he was so big, but he was athletic too. Long story short, I knew him about four or five years. So he kind of paved the way. But I always walked in his shoes. But then I found out that like, he was he stopped hanging out after a while. Now he was my best friend, which was 14's cousin. He would come into the house. I would talk to him more than my best friend because of identifying mm. with weight training. And um I remember after hanging out for a while, he was like a recluse. Like, you just never saw him again. And you find out, like, years down the road that maybe he was involved in some bad things, drugs maybe, you know? But I have to safely say, whatever facade or image he was purporting, I bought it. I bought it. Because it was real. He walked in a place, he commanded respect. When he picked up weights, the weights moved north, south, up and down. Only one way to go, right? Um, whatever he did, I says, wow, this is like, this is like a man, not almost like an alpha male. You, you really can't emulate them. You got to be born with certain things in you, Yeah. but you could at a young age, because you're precocious and kids, even teenagers, they download software. They don't have bills. They don't have to pay rent. They don't got to yeah. pay a mortgage. They don't got kids mouths to feed, right? They don't have this. So their brain's more receptive, not distracted by, oh, did I make my AT&T bill? Right? Right. So I absorbed all that. So whenever I went to a gym, I felt like who he was when we were working out around these people. So that's the only person. Shout out to Eddie Fleischer. That was his name. <laughs> Man, well, I mean, it's a testament. Peace. Seriously, it's a it's a testament to how you are. And I know even spreading love this way, spreading the love the Brooklyn way, right? Um, even though you spread the love this way, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you doing these talks. And, and, and it shows on you, man. I mean, the way you look, um, I've always been... I'm always very modest about when I hear comments like that, but I, I take it in stride because I know it's coming from a genuine place. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, man, I gotta honestly say I absorbed his good habits, but the bad habits, null and void. Kick him out the window. Chew the meat, spit out the bones, right? So what we want to say to- the good and spit out the bad. Um, what we want to say in closing to people that try to put other people down in order to benefit themselves and try to sway you away from Pursuing something that you might enjoy because someone else doesn't like it. I'll tell you what I got to say to them. 
take a fucking deeper look at yourself. See where the problem's residing. Why are you chopping away at people? Because you can. Maybe some people like that, maybe they're like bullies and they're cowards. They're drawn to people who have it together collectively, but they're very nice people. Don't do that. Fix yourself. Work on yourself. We're all in this together. We're all social creatures. We're not meant to break people down, to dissipate them, to destroy them, to disparage them. We're here to help one another. So help your fellow brethren. And I will say the same thing just to echo that is if you are watching it and something that makes you cringe, makes you angry, I'm hoping it does because at the same time is I feel like you should take another look at yourself in the mirror and assess that we are social creatures, like you said, and that we do need each other. And I feel like if we can spread more love that way, we'd all be better off. Opinions are opinions. We can agree and disagree on certain things, but I would never try to put something else upon someone else in order to feel higher or feel above something just because. And I think that it's something that's a topic that is needed to be touched upon, especially in this podcast, and it's wrong. Yeah. But my brother, thank you again for one of these. I love doing this with you. Got it, brother. Give you a high five. Me too. Um, until next week, thank you again for joining us. I'm going to shoot out all this um, social media stuff to you again because we appreciate the follows. It helps us. It helps us continue this. If you like the content, please throw us a like. If you don't like it, throw us a dislike. Give us a comment. Uh, subscribe. We're on YouTube, Spotify, be on Apple uh, Podcast, as well as our Patreon. Those things are going to come. I have a lot of cool stuff for you guys in store. Um, if you want to subscribe to that, it's as little as a dollar a month. And you'll get all these sorts of goodies, uh, extra episodes, early content, behind the scenes antics. Love a lot, of, a lot of behind the scenes antics that are going on here. That especially from our buddy Mark, can't see him, but he's behind the scenes. He's doing a fantastic <laughs> job. But couldn't do this without him. Shout outs to you, Mark Denenbaum. Shout out to Mark, man. And uh, nice. and seriously, um, follow me on uh, on Instagram. It's uh, John underscore Kiskrigis and. Follow me on Instagram. It's unique underscore physique 23. I'm going to correct you. It's going to be Instagram. Instagram. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a speech impediment in third grade. I'm just playing, man. <laughs> I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Take care, fellas. Bye.